Welcome to Too Many Audibles, where we discuss and debate the hottest topics around the sports world. If you like our content, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Too Many Audibles. Welcome back, Too Many Audibles. Man, we got a good episode. We're excited for y'all. The NBA is back. The playoffs are just around the corner, but we got an exciting week 17 coming up. I'm about to beat Bryce in the fantasy championship, uh, which <laughs> well, we got a great episode. We got a lot to talk about. Bowl season starting up, baby. How y'all feeling tonight? We're feeling pretty good. I want to give a, a special birthday shout out to Mr. C. Hood himself. And happy birthday to him. I don't care. Good luck. Um, I know you only. I know you only turned seventeen once. I know you're super excited about your your birthday uh, little party tonight. It was. Uh, I know it's Steelers themed. I'm sure. I'm sure you probably got like a like a LeBron fat head or something ready to hang in your room. Uh, we got a good episode coming for you. Happy birthday, man! No, I pre- Hey, I appreciate it. Twenty three this year. You know, not seventeen. <laughs> Twenty three. It's my LeBron year. I'm a bit different. I don't. We don't have Jordan years around here. You know, me, the Steelers, we looking good, too. Dev's just salty because the only steel curtain he knows is that's the distance women keep between him. is a steel curtain. They stand yes, away from him. Facts. Ah. Happy birthday, Cameron. And happy birthday to him. I don't care. Good luck. Uh, avoid that hot leg at all costs. Just avoid the hot leg. That's all you can really do. And just keep keep on grinding, bro. In these seasons, my leg stays the coldest. I appreciate y'all. Yes, the coldest sir. to ever do it. It's a good day, man. We got y'all. some good sports to talk about. We got a birthday, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it, man. So we got an exciting week of the NFL. Uh, you know, the, the the Chiefs they locked up the one seed as long as their as well as their division. Uh, the Steelers they locked up their division. I believe the Seahawks locked up their division. Man, the NFC lease is on the line. Man, we, it was it was some good football this week. Man, I'm I'm excited. I was happy. I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, I think. I uh, uh, what I was gonna say is I think what's crazy is too because I think in in a lot of recent NFL seasons, majority of the time like playoffs and wild cards are already set before the last game of the season. Like you pretty much know who's gonna be in, who's gonna be playing where. But, dude, there's a lot on the line in this last week of football. So, I mean, there's some things that can be shook up and make things more interesting. So, uh, we, we got a good slate of games coming up this week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was looking at the uh, the schedule, man. There's three teams this week that are specifically in a, a simple win-and-you-get-in situation. One of them is uh, Chicago needs to beat Green Bay, and they're in the wild card. L.A., and the, two, the other two teams in it is L.A. versus your team, Devin, Arizona. Winner gets in the playoffs. Loser goes home packing, preparing for next year. Games don't get better than that. It's an early playoff game before playoff weekend starts. I'm hyped. I'm so hyped to watch this game. But, Dev, I want to I hear your input. How do you feel about uh, Kyler Murray, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, and that offense going against a pretty good defense? You, how you feeling? Y'all think you're wild card bound? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, right now, Kyler Murray's dealing with a, a lower leg injury. Uh, he's kind of questionable uh, for the game, uh, which kind of sucks, too, because 
uh, at the end of the day, you want your best players in there to give you the best shot at winning, and especially in a big game like that. You win, you make a wild card. If not, then you're getting ready for, for next season, like you said. Uh, I think if Kyler's good to play, um, I think Cliff Kingsbury has done a, a good job at kind of rallying the troops um, in, in big games. You know, they pulled off that huge win against Seattle earlier in the year. Um, and not to mention, the Rams really haven't been looking that great. Uh, they just lost to the Jets uh, two weeks ago. Uh, their offense have been, has been struggling quite a bit. Um, Jared Goff has been a little inconsistent, and, and Cardinals have a, a pretty tight defense. Uh, so I think if they're able to get some pressure uh, and kind of force Jared Goff to get the ball out of his hands and, and make some plays, um, I, I think the Cardinals have a good shot. Um, and, and that's bearing if, if Kyler Murray does play. Um, at the end of the day, he, he has been regressing a little bit as the season moves on. Uh, but it's no denying that he gives you the best shot to win if he's playing quarterback for your team. So uh, DeAndre Hopkins, we all know what he's capable of. Um, so at the end of the day, I like our chances, um, but it, it'd be a lot better if Kyler Murray were to play. I like your chances this week a whole lot more than I like Cam's chances this week for his team. That's for sure. Yeah, team no. being the Steelers? Yes, 100%. So you think? You think Baker Mayfield finna get it done? <laughs> uh, look, okay, you, you want to argue about the Browns not being a good team, having a close game, losing to the Jets, whatever. But if you really break it down, I mean, the Jets have won more games in the past two weeks than the Steelers have, no? So, I mean. That's facts. <laughs> I think they're going to handle them. I think it's going to be fine. Adam Gase and Sam Darnold are coming alive, baby. <laughs> Give them the wild card. Screw the NFC least winner. Give the Jets the wild card. <laughs> oh, so you just point out the most random statistics you can find. Oh, well, you, you know what's you know what's really funny is technically the Jets have scored more points in the last two games than the Falcons. So what does that say about your terrible team, your terrible offense all around? <laughs> Look, we can be bad and accept it. It, it doesn't work for y'all though. Y'all had a record boost that like just gassed up your ego crazy so now y'all are bad but can't own up to it so it's rough and realistically i mean the colts lost the game the steelers didn't win the colts lost that game whoa 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 whoa. no 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 timeout timeout and stuff what we are right here all right i watched every play of that steelers game and i'm this is my emotions throughout the whole thing we went down seven to nothing i said that's not a good start Tied it up at seven. I said, okay. I said, that's good to keep it close. I don't like what I'm seeing. We got down all the way to 24 to seven. Opening drive, midway to the third quarter. Five minutes left in the third quarter. Steelers get it all the way down to the one yard line. Four straight tries. I'm sorry, not the one, but inside the five. Four straight tries cannot convert. Fourth and goal, turnover on downs. So we're still 24 to seven. And I said, that's it. I said, we're, we're losing. Like we're getting beat. But no. What happens? What Good teams find a way to win. Good teams find a way to win. What do we do in that second half? They been got right. Deontay Johnson got right. That defense kept making plays and staying solid like they have all year, and we closed it out. You, yeah, you, you, you won the game, but if the Steelers were a true competitor this year in the AFC, you wouldn't be down 17 in the first place. Yeah, I get it. Good teams find a way to win, but good teams also don't get down by 17 and just expect to come back every single game. Oh, really? Because I believe the AFC, the actually the Super Bowl favorites, were they not down 31-10 to 10 to the Dolphins last week? Uh, what I'm saying is it, it does happen. I don't know. It happens to good teams. 
But when you keep finding yourself in that situation over and over again, and you lose three games in a row, two of the teams being Cincinnati, and who else did they lose to? Washington. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Washington, and Buffalo. So Buffalo is acceptable. Buffalo has been playing really good. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they got it rolling. But at the end of the day, if you're if you consider yourself a good team or even above average team, then there's no excuses for losing those games that you should easily win, especially in a crucial part of the season where you almost lost the division to the Browns. I don't know. I think when you when you take a step back though, let, when you take a step back and let's look. First of all, we've already won the division, so I don't care about almost. Oh, you yeah. almost did this. The other the other team was close to this. Period. At the end of the day, it does not matter what you do in the four quarters. At the end, when that clock hits triple zeros, did you win or did you lose? That's all that matters. Did you win or did you lose? To an extent, yeah, the, you're right. To an no, extent. No, 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 no. There's no to an extent. I don't care if you have 200 penalty yards, four turnovers, and you win the Super Bowl by one point. Guess what? You get rings going to the White House because at the end of the day, you won. And that's what the Steelers did. They played a terrible two and a half quarters. But at the end of the day, they won. But what I'm saying is, look, they started out 11-0. and That's something you don't really see very often. A lot of teams in NFL history don't do that. And outside of Ben Roethlisberger, they're a pretty young team. Juju's the most experienced receiver on our team, and he's only been in the league for – this is now his fourth year. Most of our defensive starters and stars, they've got less than six years' experience. We're not an old team. So I get it. Like, you go 11-0, and 0, you get excited. You, you, man, when, when you're winning and you're beating teams, you don't take practices seriously. You're not as attentive to detail. And, I, and that's what happened, I believe, to this young team. And it took them a while. Now, Cincinnati, no excuse for that. It, that loss surprised me. But I'm glad to see it, it seemed like in that second half of the Colts game, they finally figured out how to play football again. Now, I'm not saying that we're about to beat the Chiefs because we've got a, we still have a lot of ground to make up, but I like what I see. And I'm, even even with Mason Rudolph at the helm, give me the Steelers in Week 17 versus the Browns. So, I trust Baker so I, I, wanna, one bit. I wanna ask you all this. Speaking of the AFC and then Steelers and Chiefs, who do you all have making it out of the AFC um, and making it to the Super Bowl this year? Is, is Kansas City still the favorite? Do you think the Steelers could – Kind of pull something off, and so you're still going with this with the Chiefs, Preston. Yeah, without a doubt. I I don't I think there's it's an arm and a leg difference like between the two. If, if, like they are on a different tier than everybody else right now. I think the Chiefs got it locked down. Bryce, what about you? Are you are you? Yeah, are you taking the Chiefs I, or are you liking the Steelers or, or maybe the Bills or who, who you who you looking at? I think I think even without Clyde's Edward Hilaire on that team now. I think the Chiefs are still all around just stacked, and there's no debating that. And it's worth noting, though, I don't know what was going on with the Chiefs this past Sunday, but they were really struggling against a mediocre Falcons team. And so, did y'all y'all watch that game? Didn't you? Why would you say? Why would you say cause that? We'll get to that in a minute. But also, I think the Bills have a very good chance of. If not the Chiefs, you know, the Bills, we've seen it in the past. Like I think it was a few years ago where the Jaguars played in the uh, AFC Divisional round. And, you know, they they were looking like the team to beat, and then they ended up getting beat. And the Bills, like you said, Josh Allen's kind of hitting his groove at the right time. And you can make a very strong case that, you know, he's maybe a top-five quarterback in the league this year. And so it's just anybody's game but i would say i'd still have to probably go with the chiefs making it out of the division and going to the super bowl 
but it's anyone's game. Like you know, the Chiefs have proven that they're they're beatable. Yeah, well, and, and I think that that's a case that you could make for for a lot of teams because there's not an undefeated team in the NFL right now. So therefore, all of the teams that are still competing are beatable. I think the Chiefs, you know, like you said, they have been kind of in, in like a weird kind of like they haven't been playing up to their potential and it, it's almost cost them a few games, you know, where they kind of they're, you know, ahead late um, and the other team has another chance. Uh, I mean, if, if young way Koo would have made that field goal, it would have tied it up and would have went to overtime. And, and you know, at that point, it, it might just be a, a luck of the coin flip for, for that win or loss for the Chiefs. But I think at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs' worst game is still very comparable to a lot of the teams that are in the playoffs to some of their better games. Because typically when you have a team that is not striving and is not hitting those points, they typically don't win or, or they do so very ugly. But the Chiefs have so much potential and so many weapons and playmakers. I mean, they literally went forward on like fourth down and tried to throw a, a trick play to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, like, they're just kind of messing around at, at some points, and, and teams still can't find a way to beat them. So I like the Chiefs. Let's switch it up and talk about the NFC. Are, are the Packers y'all's uh, y'all's favorite to, to make it out of the NFC? What y'all think? Real, real quick before we move on to the NFC, uh, it's worth noting that I think one of the problems that the Chiefs had against the Falcons was they're without their best offensive lineman right now, Mitchell Schwartz. And Grady Jarrett was really giving Mahomes and company problems in that game. Grady Jarrett was kind of in the backfield a lot. And so that's really like, from that game, that was really the only weakness I saw. Mahomes was kind of under pressure a lot. So I think now that they're getting uh, their best lineman back for the playoff push, like you said, I think the Chiefs have a very good chance of making it out which I think that's everyone's favorite team, honestly. Like, you really can't bet against the Chiefs. As far as NFC goes, I'm going to have to go with probably the Packers. The Packers are looking very strong after seeing what they did to, you know, potentially a very, very strong case for a pretty good AFC playoff team in the Titans. Um, the Packers just dismantled them the passing game. Like, I was watching, and they were Devonta Adams and Rodgers were just, I mean, it's like with Tyreek Hill kind of for the Chiefs. You can't really... Just the plays they dropped for Devonte Adams is just unguardable, and Devonte Adams himself just a matchup problem. And even with Aaron Jones, you know, on the backfield, and they still like Van- uh, Vandalus Scantling and Lazard have been kind of hitting their groove too. I think the Packers are probably the team to watch, and the team I think will end up, you know, making the Super Bowl this I, year. I, I, I'll, I'll, I wouldn't discount the Saints though. I wouldn't discount the Saints though. I know they have a history of choking in the playoffs, you know, in the big games. So I'd watch them. They've looked pretty good this year. All, all things considered, but I still think I have the Packers making it out of the NFC. Yeah, I understand that 100%. Like, it, it's dumb to count out the Saints, but when you look at the Packers, man, it's just ridiculous what they've been able to do with this team considering the fact that their team drafted a quarterback in the first round, no? Like, if you would have gave this man another weapon that you could have got where you drafted love, it's ridiculous what this offense or defense could have been capable of, and they're already that good. So I think the Packers are yeah. really – they really made a statement against Tennessee. That was a fun game to watch. I watched it with a bunch of Titans fans. We ended up leaving at the start of the fourth. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I definitely like what the Packers are doing, and I, I think at this point in the season, Aaron Rodgers has locked up the MVP. Um, he he's been very very consistent, very few mistakes, and they've been beating teams pretty bad. And I think anytime you have all of that clicking, especially late in the season, getting ready for the, that, them playoffs, I think it's very important, and they. 
have very few weaknesses right now. Um, the the passing game is is outmatched. Um, like Bryce said, I saw your Twitter. Go ahead and shout out that stat. I know you got to talk about. Adams. That's what I'm saying. Like Devonte Adams this year alone, but he's always been one of those top tier guys in the NFL. And I think besides this season, he's kind of been overshadowed a little bit by your Julio's and your D Hop and you know like players like that. And he just doesn't get enough love. Um, but I saw this stat on, on Twitter, and it, it kind of just—it's honestly crazy um, to even think about. Because when you think about all the receivers that's been in the league and has had very much success, like it, it's crazy to even believe that he's doing it right now, and we're able to watch that. When we've seen players break records and stuff all the time, but so far this season, Devonte Adams is only the third player in NFL history to have 100-plus catches and 16 or more touchdowns. The only other two guys is Chris Carter in 1995 and Randy Moss in 03. I mean, you're talking about some of the greatest receivers of all time. He's in good company. And, and that is that never hurts to have your name thrown around with those two. So Devontae Adams has been having an insane year. So is Rodgers. One of his better statistic seasons of his career, he's going to win the MVP the Packers are very hard to beat, but their offense just keeps rolling. I, I like them making it to the Super Bowl. I agree but, with everything you just said, Dev. Packers are my favorite to get out of the NFC as well. Is anyone buying stock in the Buccaneers in the playoffs this year? Okay, can anyone so make a I will can buy anyone a make a bit. case? Yes, for sure. Okay, we've seen firsthand that Gronk and Tom Brady have gotten this thing rolling. They have linked back up that chemistry. They had X amount of games where it was consecutive touchdowns. Like, they're they're doing this. Gronk looks more – like, he doesn't look necessarily like the tank that Gronk was, but he's able to move. Too old for that. Right. He's able to move, though, and being his height and being able to move and catch these balls with that chemistry, that puts you in a lethal position already. But when you're surrounded with the team they got, and I think after X amount of weeks now, they've been through the ups, they've been through the downs, I think they're ready for a real playoff push. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Well, uh, I don't. Uh, there's a lot of teams that you can't really count out that'll come down to these this you know last game of the season, and you got your wild card games and stuff picking up soon. Uh, and and that's one of the biggest things, especially this year. Like you have your teams that like you know people are predicting like the Chiefs and the Packers. That's a very common prediction. But you also have teams where if you get everything going right and you're playing as a team and you're not you know turning the ball over and and you're out on defense, you're getting pressure to the quarterback and, and forcing turnovers. At that point, if you get hot and everything's clicking for you, it, you know I don't think it should be very surprising to see some upsets this year. 100%. Like you said earlier, with there being like it being so neck and neck to even get into the playoffs, like that just goes to show that the playoffs themselves are going to be some good games. Like this is going to be a good year to watch football in the playoffs. Especially As of right now, especially if, especially if the Ravens, if they were if they're able to sneak into the wild card, they are they're getting hot. As of the last few weeks, man, they picked up. They're a hot team right now. I would not want to see them right now. And if, so if they I'm, sneak in, who knows? We may end up with that Baltimore uh, Kansas City matchup that we all thought we'd get beginning of regular season. I'm buying a little bit of stock into the Bucks making a pretty deep playoff push. As of right now, and it's probably going to end up this way, 
week, the first week of the playoffs, the, the Bucks are going to be the fifth seed in the playoffs because Washington's going to be fourth. They're going to win their division most likely. And so that would put Tampa Bay playing Washington in round one. And then that would also put Seattle playing L.A. for round two. I mean, for that first round, too. So we all know, probably without a doubt, the, the Bucks are going to beat Washington because Washington is just a bad football team. They're on their fourth-string quarterback now. And so after that game, that looks like they'll be paired up with the New Orleans Saints for round two because the Saints have a bye, so that'll put them. And as we've seen so far this year, okay, the Saints blew out the Bucks in that game they played. Was it the second game they played against each other where they blew them out? No, no, they played, they played the first game of the season. Second game of the season was the Panthers. But the Saints and the Bucks are honestly – that game, I feel like, was more of an outlier than everything. That was just a perfect storm. But I think now the Bucks are kind of finally catching their groove. They could very well maybe win that game against the Saints. It right. might, it'll be tough. I, I disagree. They and, could very I well disagree, win and here's game. why. Because they have Alvin Kamara as their running back. So there's that. Man scored six touchdowns the Bucks, and, and won no. a lot of people their fantasy championships. So y'all better be putting some respect on that boy Alvin Kamara's name. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's looking at the Buccaneers' offense, though, but the defense is what everyone's everyone you know just fiends over. Their defense this year is top is a top five unit against the run, and their passing defense is strong too. So the Bucks are looking really good, and so after they beat Washington, I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe see an upset against the Saints, and that puts them in you know the game after that against either the Packers or the Seahawks, depending on who wins. Bryce, do I think that the I think that the Bucks could beat the Saints. Yes, because the Saints have a long history of choking in the playoffs, especially in games that they shouldn't. But let's be real here, okay? The only push the Bucks are making this year is when they play your Panthers and they just pushing them around because they beat y'all by an average score of 19 points both times. But other than that, I'm sorry. I've seen I've seen the Bucks get blown out by the Saints twice. Not only in the first week when Tom Brady had no OTAs, no training camps, first game with the receivers, no preseason, cool. Maybe that's an outlier. But what happens two months later? You get blown out by an even wider margin in Tampa on your home field. I'm sorry. And then you're going to follow that up with a one-point win against the Giants? And you expect me to buy this team as, as a Super Bowl favorite? I'm sorry, I don't. I don't even see them making it out of Washington. If Alex Smith plays, that defense has been so inconsistent. And regardless of whether it's the NFC least, it'll be a home game. And last time I saw Tom Brady have a home game, he lost to the Titans and threw a pick six as his last pass ever with the Patriots. So, no, Chase Young about to cause havoc. That offensive line is not giving Brady time. The mixture of Antonio Brown has ruined the chemistry of those wide receivers in that offense. Now, I'm sorry. The Bucks, the Bucks are not having a playoff shot. Bro, your division is sorry. The Falcons, the Panthers, the Bucks, and maybe the Saints. Maybe they won't shake it this year or <laughs> away this year. But your division is sorry. I, uh, you all sh- you all should be drafting the top fifteen. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like their chances either. Uh, but when we were talking about Washington, some breaking news came out of Washington just a, a few days ago, and uh, they released Dwayne Haskins. Do y'all think that was kind of uh, too early? I mean, he was only drafted what two years ago. Um, he was drafted in 2019. Yeah, so, he, so he was the 15th overall pick. And after it's funny, after he got drafted, he said, y'all going to feel me. That was a mistake. He's like, y'all, y'all know better yeah. than that. 
and here he is on the here he is on the streets. He sounded like he sounded like he, Jamal Adams saying, "I remember every name that was taken before me, but there was only like six dudes picked before him." Like <laughs> the thing is, though, it's like you don't often see a player cut under the rook, rookie contract. You know, if anything, they'd be traded or something like that. But for you to see a rookie like in his second year waived. And I know that has to go with the coaching change from Kyle, uh, not Kyle Shannon, from uh, who who was the John, Jay Gruden? Was it Jay Gruden at the Redskins last year? And now they have Ron Rivera, so that's not his guy. So he doesn't owe it to him at all. But he's just played poorly this year, and I mean, I don't think it's pre. I don't really think it's premature after, especially after the incident with him going to the strip club and all that. You, I mean, that's just. You're playing for a playoff spot. You're playing for the division at this point, because I mean they're tied up six and nine with the Cowboys right now, and if they lose, if they lose this upcoming week, the Cowboys win. The Cowboys are in, and so for you to be just so unfocused. Hey, he he was just trying and, to hit the know, clubs your, with James Harden. Cut the guy some slack. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You gotta. That's unprofessional, though. You gotta play within your role. James Harden can go to the strip club, come out and drop a 40 point triple double, and everybody's gonna be like, "All right, that's fine." Dwayne Haskins is gonna go to the strip club, come back and play hungover and throw three picks, and nobody's gonna think that's fine. Right. Dwayne Haskins was already getting benched for Alex Smith, and the only reason he started because Smith was injured. So if I'm Haskins, and I realize I'm already the backup already probably getting cut when the season's over i'm in the club with james harden that may not happen <laughs> i may not get that chance right that, that boy james called him up and said yo Dwayne, what you up to right now <laughs> i think the thing is like if it's if it's rob gronkowski doing that you you all have a good laugh oh that's funny that man's out partying good for him but if you're the starting quarterback named for this week and you're at a club instead of studying up for a game against a bad Panthers team that could make or break your season potentially, that's just unprofessional. And Ron Rivera, mm, he's yeah. not dealing with that. He, I, he put him on the streets. And I, I bet he'll get picked up somewhere. I think he's good enough to be a career backup in the league. I don't think he's good enough to be a starter anywhere, just from what I've seen. Maybe a, maybe a different guy can revitalize that career. But Dwayne Haskins is just another long list of Ohio State quarterbacks that has not panned out in the NFL. Yes. Sir. Now I'm not I'm not a big Dwayne Haskins hater. I don't think that he's a bad quarterback and his career in the NFL is done. Clearly it's not worked out with um, Washington. But also Dwayne Haskins wasn't Ron Rivera's QB. He didn't draft him. He didn't he's not the guy he wants to run his offense, if I'm not mistaken. You're giving me a weird look, Preston. Okay. Dwayne Haskins has a few, has a career future in the NFL. Not sure if he'll ever start or be a star, but he kind of got a bad rap from Washington from the jump. They didn't have a good offense all around. Like outside of J.D. McKissick and this year the emergence of Antoine Gibson, like they don't have a good offensive weapons around him. Like there's no pieces around him. Terry McLaurin's all right, but he's not somebody that you're like, hey, we got to watch out for Terry McLaurin because if we don't guard him. Hey, hang on a second. Stop hang on that. a second. No, 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 stop that. Stop that. Scary Terry is a top 10 receiver in the league for sure. Scary Terry ain't scarier than Julio or D-Hop. No. No, but he's still a game changer. You let, let, me, let me throw this out there to you. Let me throw this out there to you. The past, not this past week, the two games prior that Washington has played in, the defense's game plan literally double-teamed Terry McLaurin and ended up losing that game. 
Every game that Terry McLaurin is double teamed, Washington wins. So that goes to, so, so in the so first place, if he's not an elite receiver and he's not a game changer, why would defenses be worried about double covering him anyway? Hold up. So what you're telling me is though, because he's their when, only option. Hold up. No, no, no. Clearly not. Clearly not. Because what you're telling me is that when they double team him and take him out of the game, Washington wins. When they double team him, Washington is 0-2. So what you're telling me is when he's a part of Washington's game plan, they lose more often than they win. What I'm telling you, Explain if he, to me what, you just, what you just said, that he is not a, an elite receiver, he's not a game changer, do you ever see teams double teaming Deontay Johnson? No, you don't. Do you ever see teams double teaming? Yeah. And Deontay Johnson's out here catching six, seven, eight passes for 120 and a touchdown or two. When they don't, when they don't. What I'm saying is, though, you can't oh, say that he's not a game changer or he's not an elite receiver when defense's game plans is to double team him. When you are drawing two men on every single play that are, is covering you just to not let you get the ball, at that point, you're kind of an elite receiver. Also, I would like to go back to the point that you said Washington is on their fourth string quarterback currently. And for the fact that Terry McLaurin can be having the season that he is having with the inconsistencies at quarterback week to week is beyond enough to say that this man is legit. This man is an elite receiver and nothing less. Okay, first of all, let me let's not confuse this. I'm not by me not saying he's not elite doesn't mean that he's not good. Doesn't mean he's not gonna get his own stats. All right. I remember what's his face? Plexico Burst. He received for a, he caught a thousand yards on the Jets team. Why? Not because he's great, because it's the Jets. Okay? Terry McCorn. Like what other receiver are you throwing to the Jets on Washington won a playoff if not game that year, did they not? No, 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 no. That wasn't that wasn't that year. That wasn't the year that the Steelers beat him in the AFC Championship. That was like the year after because they, they picked up Plexico Burris. Because I remember there was a story like he didn't know the playbook and he ran like his own routes for one game, but he caught like some crazy number, like 200 yards or something. And people were raving about it. That's the only reason I know. But so all I'm saying is, but the point about Haskins, he's like Haskins did not have a lot of help around him. So I'm just saying, so the fact that we're saying like Haskins is terrible. I get it. He was he turned the ball over, let him be cut. But he's got a future in the NFL because Haskins got a bad rap in Washington. He came in when the, when the whole team was crap. Not to mention he was drafted last year. So he kind of got a bad rap last year when they didn't even have Chase Young and the defense wasn't even good. I so mean, I, I, yeah, I think Washington – willing to go as far to say that if you put Daniel Jones on the Washington football team, you would be willing to say that Terry McLaurin was elite. I, I think that's pretty fair. I think we can all agree, though, all around Washington is in a bad spot. You know, a lot of inconsistencies. They're not really, really good at anything. Chase Young's been kind of a diamond in the rough for them. But speaking of Washington, let's say they win the division and they, they get the Probably. playoff spot. If you guys were Roger Goodell for a day and you were and you were calling the shots, would you have any interest in removing the NFC least winner to add in a better wild card team over them? No, no, and here's why. Two reasons. Not only is Washington going to win the division and win the first round game in Washington. Not only are they going to do that, secondly, shouldn't do it because if he's not going to do it when the NFC South was absolutely trash four years ago, when the Falcons were 
below 500. The Panthers were below 500. I believe the Saints were going 7-9. and nine, And the Bucks were barely winning three games in the year. If that division can host a playoff game, Washington deserves one as well. So if I'm Roger Goodell, no, I'm not taking it from them. I'm going to let them have it. They deserve it. That's the rules. Division champs, they deserve it. And they go in a championship. I mean, not a championship. They go in a wild card. Probably knocking off the boy Brady. I think it's it's not like it's not like that big of a gap because the only other team you can maybe that justify being in would be the Bears, and the Bears only have two more wins. But say like crazy scenario where Washington is Washington wins the division, but they only have four wins. All right, and then the Bears have like nine wins, and they somehow don't make it because of that rule. I don't know. You might have to make an exception on here. Say hey. I've came to the conclusion that Washington sucks, and I'm gonna put the Bears in instead. Like it makes sense. Like it's not really feasible, but it makes sense. So either way, though, it's that's just, your right to get blown out. Like you, you earned that game to get blown out. Yeah, I mean you earn it, and I'm not, I'm not against it. Like I personally wouldn't do it, but it's just like it, it just drives you crazy. The cra- money side of it, I feel like I don't think you could switch it up just for the simple fact of the way it's set up is set up for a reason, and it would mess up the financials otherwise. <laughs> It just drives. It just would drive you crazy knowing that, like, a team with a fourth string quarterback is probably gonna get in, and they've they have not looked good all year, and the Bears are. It's kind of like the kind of like with the playoffs, you know, college football playoffs. It's like, ah, uh, like Texas A and M's. Like I should have been in a no, over Notre Dame, you know, but except the Notre Dame team that's in the playoffs has like four less wins. It's like. <laughs> it's just like oh, it drives you crazy sometimes. Uh, but yeah, I personally wouldn't do it, but it makes I, sense. Uh, why some people yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you, gentlemen. Uh, I think at the end of the day, regardless of, of how terrible a division is a, one year, um, I, I think solely being a division winner, doesn't matter the situation, the scenario, you still fought just as hard as everyone else in your division. And if anything, it puts more on the line when everyone is really, really bad because at that point, you're just trying to see who sucks less. You know, so... You you don't you make the fewer mistakes and, and you know you win those head to head games and you got a better shot. So I'll, I, if Washington wins the division, I, I still like them uh, making the playoffs. You know, regardless of if maybe there's a, a better or more deserving team that that should be in over them. They won their division. All the other teams are bad, obviously worse than they were. So at the same time, it doesn't really matter. They won the division. So. So, <clears throat> moving on to Preston, college I know. football. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I know the game I know you're looking forward to here just a little bit, a couple days from now, actually, you know, the playoffs. Yes, we got Alabama-Notre Alabama, Dame. I think we can – I think Alabama – I believe this is a record. Alabama's uh, set a record, actually, for opening line of a playoff game. I know the, the college football playoff system is not very old up to this point, only about five, six years old. But I, I want to say, to my knowledge – 18 and a half is is a record for opening line of a playoff game. Um, so what do y'all y'all think? I, my personal opinion before I ask y'all the question, I'll go ahead and give my opinion. I don't think that this year's game will be similar to the 2012 year in a sense of I don't think it'll be that much of a blowout. Bama will hand, win them easily, but that year Notre Dame was beating – beating bad teams by barely, barely skipping by. Controversial goal line calls, like 
lucky penalties. Like there were a lot of things that went Notre Dame's way to make it where they did in 2012. This year, I like Ian Book. He's not a bad quarterback. They've got a good offense. They don't have. They just don't have the offense to hang with Alabama. So I think I've got Alabama winning by 24, but it's not going to be over halfway through the first quarter like that national championship game was. I think it would be. I think Bama still wins comfortably, but this Notre Dame team has a team with 17 seniors on their team and fifth-year seniors. They are very experienced, and they their game plan revolves around ball control. They're not like a flashy team, like you said, like Pac-12-esque type of deal where they just gun it, throw it downfield. They're very they control the ball very well. You know they let Ian Book. They let Ian Book call off his own plays, so it's just like really slow paced, and I don't really feel like that's something Bama has seen that much this year. I feel like they've seen more kind of like high powered offenses in the SEC, where the Notre Dame team is more methodical and let Kyron Williams and Ian Book kind of you know dictate the game speed at their own pace. And also, it's worth noting that this Notre Dame defense held a very powerful UNC offense to under 300 yards. The same UNC team that put up over. 750 yards on Miami earlier in the season. And so this Notre Dame defense is good. I know they had a bad game against Clemson, the ACC championship, but this Notre Dame defense is good. Like I said, like three-fourths of it is made up of seniors and fifth-year seniors, so they're very experienced. And I think I think Mac Jones and company still win pretty pretty comfortably, but I think, I think it might be just a small – it might be a small learning curve to start off the game, seeing how they operate different from what they're used to Let's, playing against. Uh, and so I think I think if you pair this Notre Dame team up against 2012's team, I think this year's team beats them pretty pretty comfortably too. So this is definitely a better Notre Dame team. And I know you can make the case that Texas A&M should have been in, but I think this Notre Dame team is, is really good, and it really shows on paper that they're a good team. But, I mean, like I said, I still think Bama yeah. wins. I don't say it's by 24 but I still think Let, it's by like. Let's not get too cute with it. it, it it's not going to matter what the spread is or how good Notre Dame is or how good Bama is. It, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. This is one of the most dominant Alabama teams that we have seen, and which is kind of crazy because they've had some really, really good years. So I understand the, the whole context of, well, Notre Dame's pretty good this year, and, you know, Ian Book's been playing well. Kyle Trask has been playing well. I, I mean, you know. We're comparing pretty good to, oh my God, how can you be this good? But but what? Yeah, exactly. That's like, what but what I'm saying is, like, regardless of, of what type of season that Notre Dame has had, I mean, they also got blown out in their ACC championship game against Clemson. You know, so it's not like they put up a very fair fight at all. I mean, it was completely one sided, and I think Alabama has a potential to beat them by even more than Clemson beat Notre Dame. They have a better offense. Their defense is just as good, if not better, as an all-around team. I like Alabama better than Clemson. So at the end of the day, the line might be 18 and a half or whatever. I, I think it's over before halftime, and it's I don't even think it's a question. They, Notre Dame's defense could maybe figure out a way to potentially slow them down, but no one's been able to slow them down to the point where you completely take out Devontae Smith or Mac Jones from a game. And even if you do, Najee Harris is perfectly capable of taking it for 30 times and 250 yards and, and three touchdowns himself. So at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. They're going to win it by more than the spread. I like it around that, that 
21 to 24 range just because uh, it, it's not going to be close. Yeah, I think I, Bama. I, I think Bama wins 41 to 28. Okay, I definitely disagree with that, my chief. Um, so look, Bama scores 50. Like, yeah, like you said, Bryce, they're running a slower-paced offense than what we're used to seeing. And after letting Florida put up as many points as they did on us and just really abuse us with Pitts and their other boy, I mean, we, we're we going to come out fired up just like we did after we got lit by Ole Miss. And we're going to make a statement on a Notre Dame team that's played Clemson twice to show them why we are here. I don't think we're going to take them lightly. I think we're going to go into this with the mission, and we're going to show people why we are the number one team in the nation. 100%. You, I mean, uh, you said it. It's not going to be close. And Bama is – they're on pace to, to complete a perfect season and, and win the whole thing very handedly. Uh, I, I got Bama winning. If I had to put a, a score on it, I'd say 54 to 26. Give me give me Bama 50, 51 – 28. No, and, and see, and I do want to make one counter to Bryce, your point. Uh, you know, you talked about how Notre Dame plays at their own pace. That's the wrong way to approach Nick Saban and his defense. And yep. in, in all my years of watching, you know, Alabama football, the, to my knowledge, the only time I can really remember, you know, the, the losses Alabama takes, it's to high-powered Clemson offenses. High-powered LSU Joe Burrow, Johnny Manziel, like dual-threat QBs that are they're gonna they're they're I mean they're running quick plays they're running a lot of effective plays for chunk yards because I've first I've seen firsthand not this past year when Georgia played but the two times they played us with Jake Fromm man I mean I know y'all are laughing we had good offenses now we weren't just running no huddle and marching down the field but we had a good offense but Nick Saban had the plan. You've got to go fast versus Nick Saban. You've got to make him think quick. You can't let that defense get set and Nick Saban be able to look at what you're doing and let them sub on the field. So if Notre Dame thinks that they're going to come in there and play, oh, we're going to shorten the game and we're going to, you know, we're going to go on these long drives and we're going to take the whole clock, I dare them to give Nick Saban 30 seconds to call a defensive play every day. Yeah. I dare them to. But at the same time, I mean, even if, you, if Notre Dame is like – if their game plan is to control the, the possession clock and, you know, just long methodical drives, it's not going to matter because Mac Jones to Devontae Smith for 80 yards. I mean, it could happen in, in 12 seconds. You know? so it, does, it doesn't really matter. You know, I'm saying, if, if Notre Dame's trying to be back on campus in the Catholic Church praying before the New Year's over, then sure. I say they go they, – they run their tempo. But if they want to play for a national championship, they better not go slow. <laughs> they better not go slow. But, uh, you know, speaking of it, I, I, uh, Preston, I know you're dying to talk about Devontae Smith. That dude's a baller. But while we're on our playoff predictions, let's go ahead and knock out uh, Clemson and Ohio State. I'm, I'm interested to know what y'all got for that because I got I know I'm going to be different from y'all. This is – I think it's kind of funny. Um, I'd heard uh, Dabo said uh, – had made a quote or said something in a, in a – a conference interview or, or whatever, and he had said, yeah, I mean, our, our study should be pretty quick. There's only six games. You know, so, and that's taking a knock at Ohio State. Uh, they don't really have to, too much film to study. They've only played six games this year. So uh, I, I think regardless of, of Ohio State's capabilities and, and their potential, 
Uh, Clemson is just an overall better team. Justin Fields has been not really been playing that great as of late. He's been struggling, turning the ball over, uh, not really seeing the field as we have seen him do before. Um, I, I like Clemson in this one. I don't know what the spread is, uh, but I would say Clemson wins by 14. I second okay. that. I second that 100% because, like you said, I think Clemson all around is just a better team. I like Dabo's comments. I, I like the fact that he's disrespecting Ohio State in the sense that he didn't even have him in the top 10. He, he doesn't believe that he should even be playing them yet, so he's going to come out and make sure everybody else thinks that way too, I believe. And That's so fun, man. build up the hype. I'm looking this, forward to it. We're this, really seeing a – go ahead, Cam. This only adds to why I do not like Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney is the most hypocritical, get his feelings hurt, then turn around and talk bad about another team so quick. It's the most annoying thing ever. This man's taking shots. This man's taking shots at Georgia before, taking shots at Ohio State about their scheduling. But let another team talk about ACC week scheduling. And Dabo's like, oh, every day we put on those pads and we, we go to work every week and we win and we show we're the best team in the country. Dabo, oh, man, he is such a crybaby. And I hope he gets <laughs> – bro, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I hope I hope Ohio State drops them off by 40. Not for his sake. Like, not for Trevor Lawrence's sake. I love that man. But for Dabo Sweeney's sake. Shut up. Dabo, okay? I would love I, for that to happen. I just don't think it's going to. I used to be I used to be a very strong Dabo supporter. I I mean, it makes sense. They're the only good team in the conference right now. You got to you got to have something to cling to. And after they traveled down to Florida State with a COVID positive player on their plane who had been practicing with their team all week, Florida State said well, we didn't know that. Now you didn't. Tell we don't us want that. another thirty-point loss not, to the resume, guys. We're not playing this game. Let me. Hey, let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. That's not what this is about at all. I I know Clemson was gonna drop us off by fifty, but then Dabo after we call that game because you know there's COVID guy on their team and we don't want to get COVID too. I mean we're already sucking. We don't need to lose even more players and be even worse than we already are. We called it. And for like two weeks, Dabo's just hammering. He's like, Florida State ain't want that smoke. You know, they canceled, they ducked from us. Like, Florida State's trash. I'm not worried about anything Florida State has to say. And like, we didn't even say, like, we weren't even chirping at him. Like, we, that, this was all just Dabo just firing off the dome. I'm like, what is your problem, dude? Like, he is, I used to like Dabo. Like, I, I used to get behind him a little bit, but he's just such a baby. And I get what he's saying about Ohio State. Like, yeah, only six-game schedule. It's kind of, uh, I don't know. But it's just there's no point. Like, you're just burning bridges with every, like, coach in the nation. Like, I'm not even, it's just like, I you know, Debra- thing, I don't think that was his intent. I think that he looks at it the same way I do. Texas A&M is a damn good team, and they have one loss, and it's to the best team in the nation. And I feel like he's giving credit to these teams that are out here playing longer schedules, as you should. I, I don't agree that Ohio State should no. be in it. I stand by that, but I, I if I don't Texas A and M was in, Yo, if Texas you know A and M was in, he would still admit, be flaming. Jumbo. If you're willing to admit that Alabama should not have been in the playoff the year y'all won the Natty over Georgia because y'all didn't win the conference championship, then you can sit here and say that I don't think Ohio State. So sit here, it, say that Alabama it's shouldn't different. have got in. It's and that, different. Ah, Ohio State that's what has I thought. six wins. That's it. 
Texas A&M they, has one loss. And but the, it's a great but they have a loss. but they have a conference championship. But they have a conference championship. Only because their conference changed the rules. Only because their conference changed the rules. Played the game. But that's not that's not Ohio State's fault. Like their conference played around and they were they I, were shaking I things up. It's not I their fault. It's I the get... conference's fault. But we shouldn't reward the conference for on the fly changing the rules. Preston, you should be Preston, you should be happy about this because Alabama, regardless, is going to come out on top. But if Ohio State didn't get in and they put in Texas A&M, who y'all already beat by almost. 30 the first time they put them in, that's the quickest way to have an asterisk championship. Because let's be honest, Ohio State would beat A&M on a neutral field. Kellen Mond is not about it like that, okay? So I'm, be I'm happy that Ohio State's that in. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you don't know? NFL scouts know, and you're going to find out in the first five picks when Justin your Atlanta Fields Falcons take Justin good. Fields. Justin Fields has not looked good. Well, you better hope that changes because your Atlanta Falcons are about to draft him. And when Kel and when hey, but the good news is for you, Preston, Kellen Mond will probably go undrafted, so y'all have a chance to grab him off waivers if uh, fields don't work out. So remember that is all I'm saying. So be happy Ohio State's in because there won't be an asterisk on this year, okay? That's all I'm saying. And when Ohio State beats Clemson, everybody gonna lose their mind but i'm okay you're, you're talking crazy cool calm and collected. you're talking crazy I'm a cool calm and collected hey just because it's your birthday don't give you the right to say some off the wall kind of shit all right i'm just saying i don't hey, i don't I care ohio if it's your State birthday is not beating clemson <laughs> i put the farm on that one cam ohio the State whole is farm not being clemson. <laughs> the whole farm how many acres the, you got we, we rocking about we rocking about four acres okay <laughs> Okay, well, since you're all fired up, you you think Georgia's going to be in it next year? Oh, man. I'm going to be on it, It's going to be very interesting. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Cam, Cam, before you say anything, choose your words carefully because you know we hold this stuff against you for the entire <laughs> year. So choose your words very carefully. Think about it for a second. Get your groove going and then talk. Right, while, while you're I'm thinking ready. about right, Georgia – I mean, I could spit some things on the Tennessee Vols, but that'd be a that'd be a whole other hour long episode. So I don't think we really want to get into that. I'd rather listen to Playboy Cardi's album than hear anything about Tennessee right now. Trash. Hey, we don't we don't support Cardi in this household. <laughs> but no, um, but no, Dev. I'll, I'll let you get to your Vols uh, real quick. I'll answer the question. If JT Daniels comes back next year, which he should, we have a chance. For once, I'm not worried about our offense. I'm, I'm not worried about our offense. Uh, the defense is going to reload under Kirby. Like, that's just – that's Kirby's teams. Like, I'm, I'm not worried about the defense, but this is the first time that I can say, all in all, the offense looks like it might be something too. So, yeah, um, I, I'll have to see our schedule. It's not the easiest. We open next year with Clemson. With so, Clemson, yes. So, that, that'll that's, be – you know, it's going to be tough. We we might just catch an L week one, and that'll suck. You know, kind of put us behind the eight ball, forcing us to win out, probably beat Bam in the SEC championship. Uh, so so we'll see how that goes. But one thing I, I've been wanting to say for a couple of weeks now, I know we haven't been some inconsistency. Let me hit y'all with this, right? Now, Bryce, Preston, y'all were in Gatlinburg uh, with me when we were watching the Georgia-Florida game. Now, Devin, you might have been watching that somewhere if you weren't crying about what Tennessee might have been your entire life. But if y'all y'all remember watching that game, it really truly felt in that moment like 
Florida's about to capitalize off this momentum. Recruiting's about to take off. Like, Georgia looks like down. I don't know what's going on with them. Like, it looked like for a second, yo, Florida might be in a position to compete. Take this momentum, go into next year and compete. Compete with Georgia for that ease consistently. Maybe Florida's back to where they were. But now I, I got a question for in, for Florida fans. And if, if we have any Florida fans listening that wants to respond and reach out on uh, Instagram or any social media, I'd love to hear your take. Because after watching these past few weeks with JT Daniels under the helm and Georgia's offense is averaging almost 17 more points a game, almost 120 yards of offense more a game. And Florida's over here. They're about to lose their unicorn tight end, their Heisman contending QB, and their other two top four leading receivers, and you're about to lose four games? So I asked Florida fans, does it still does it still feel like you're right there with Georgia going into next year? Because I don't think it does anymore. I think it steals Georgia's division going into next year. Florida is not about to do anything. Their recruiting is not it. Because when you, when you look at the top six ranking recruitings, recruiting rankings, the top six teams are the six teams that have won a playoff since the format has started. So clearly, if you're in that top echelon, you're recruiting. And if you're not, you're not recruiting well. And it shows on the field. I watched what recruiting classes between 8 and 11 did for Georgia under Mark Rick. And it's good enough for fourth third in the east but it's also good enough for four losses every year and that's what I, that's what florida's about to get so i just wanted to take a moment to say i don't care if georgia don't make the playoff next year because florida's having the best season in decades and they about to catch more l's than us you know what's funny is florida is having the same season that they clown georgia for having you can beat us, but you can't win the SEC championship and make the playoffs. You got more losses than us. Now Florida's having the exact same season, and I think it's hilarious. So with all that being said, we're about to beat Cincinnati by 14. Um, Florida's going to lose to Oklahoma by 14. And all's going to be right in the world. Alabama's going to win it all. Georgia's going to be good. Uh, the balls still suck. I uh, Yeah, and speaking, uh, speaking yes. about my balls, this is actually going to be super quick. Um, I could get into detail about everything. Uh, so the question you might be asking, what changes does Tennessee need to make this offseason to be even an average football team? And here's here's the answer. It's short. It's easy. It's simple. It's not hard to process. Change, you f- change conference? You fire Jamie Pruitt. And and I know, oh. I know that's not ideal. Like, I get it. Uh, you know, it was his third year as head coach. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many seasons a coach is at a program. If you are not winning games, and not even necessarily just winning games, if you're not winning games that you should and being competitive in games that could potentially be a toss-up and making a run and challenging your Georgia and your Florida for the East Division, then you don't need to be a head coach of that football team. And and honestly, one of the one of the hardest things for me to to try to process and, and believe in is that Philip Former is perfectly okay with this because you would think with him coming from that kind of dynasty of Tennessee football and being and being the coach of several great teams, a national championship winning team, having great players come through that program as you're the head coach, you would think he'd be the first guy to say, "Hey, Jeremy, 
Uh, look, you're not getting the job done. It's, it was your third season. You won three games. You, we're not even playing in the bowl game because really we don't deserve it. You might have got COVID, but who, whatever. You, you don't deserve it. Let, let's go ahead and get you out of here. Bring the next guy in. Like you would think his expectations and, and the standard that he pretty much set for Tennessee football would be different and he would make the change. I, I don't think Jamie Pruitt needs to be there. I, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. He could probably be a, a great coordinator or an assistant somewhere, but he is not ready for a head coaching job at, at a SEC school that has had success in, in their program history. That's that. Fire Pruitt. Bring Hugh Freeze and Gus Malzahn to the hill. It's time to get down to business, baby. That's all I'm going to say about Tennessee football. I, I could say a lot more. We don't want to take that time. Uh, there's a lot of things that a lot of teams can change. Uh, but pretty excited. we got some good college football games coming up, playoff games, uh, some big-time bowl games. Uh, last regular season game of NFL, wild cards about to start popping off. NBA is back in full swing. we got some exciting sports to, uh, to cover and, and catch up with, fellas. Yes, sir, we do. Be on the lookout for a short little episode on the NBA coming out soon, y'all. We are trying to bless y'all with this content. We are working hard at it. Thank you to everyone that is editing this. Bryce salutes. Matt salutes. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, sh shouts out to everybody involved, man. We appreciate y'all. Before we let y'all go, though, we never got the prediction. I just want to know, do y'all have Georgia beating Cincinnati here in a couple days? I've changed my song a little bit because Richard LeCount was spotted at practice the other day. So, I think Georgia wins by 10 points. Okay. Devin? I, uh, I do think Georgia wins. I don't, I don't think Cincinnati is there to compete with them. They don't have the depth. They don't have the overall talent. Um, I'm giving – I think it could – Cincinnati could surprise Georgia a little bit. I don't think they win. I got Georgia winning by 17. Cincinnati's good, but there's not a single player on their team that would start over a UGA player. Their highest their highest rated commit is a three-star. So if, if they wouldn't have struggled with Tulsa the way they did, I'd be ready to come in here guns blazing, saying they're going to kick you on next week and whatnot. But at the end of the day, after seeing that, I'm not sold on it. I think Georgia will probably end up taking care of them in the second half by 14. Okay. All right. That's. I mean, I got Georgia winning by. I, I think about. I think about 16, 17 as well. I just did. I wanted to get those predictions just in case I needed to come in here ready to fire on one of y'all, talking down on my dogs. But Georgia's gonna like, win three to two. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Bro, could you could you imagine that'd be crazy? But, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, birthday Cam Man, Hot Leg, whatever you want to call him, 4-2 Doug Road, yes, whatever you want to call him. Happy birthday, <laughs> happy birthday, buddy. LeBron here, enjoy it. Hope you have fun out getting some dinner tonight. Hey, if you take a Roots Chris now, remember, I always say, two separate checks. <laughs> that is all, sir. What you talking about? It's my, it's my birthday. She's taking me out. <laughs> Oh, oh! I'm, I'm so you, you going for you going for one of them blue strips, as an old uh, old friend of ours used to say, blue strips, blue strips. I might I might just go down to Hennon's downtown, a la carte. Give me the give me the ribeye, the T-bone. Ooh, what's that filet mignon? The New York strip. I'm gonna try it all. While Cam while Cam is is dreaming up uh, the perfect birthday meal. We're going to let y'all go. As always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Oh, no. This is amazing. Oh, no.
stay safe out there. Yes, sir. Peace.